from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. Take a walk down Cherokee Street over the next week and peer into the luminary art space. From there, you'll see several white columns hanging, with one quite markedly askance from ceiling to floor. And when you step inside the gallery, what awaits is NWL, Nice White Ladies, an exhibition that utilizes a mix of photos and sculpture to explore white women's role in upholding white supremacy and in taking it apart. Here to talk with us about NWL and how it's come to St. Louis is Kelly Kristen Jones. Jones is the Chicago-based artist behind the exhibition, which is showing at the Luminary on Cherokee Street until December 10th. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air, Kelly. Thank you. It's great to be here. So tell us how Nice White Ladies as a concept got its start for you. Well, I, you know, I usually introduce myself as a photographer, despite the fact that in recent years, I've really tended to collect more images than make. Um, but whatever the final result, I'm, I have always been really passionate at sort of picking at ideas around identity, specifically gender and race. Um, and photos have so influenced how we tell stories about who we are, who we are not. Um, I think from the very beginning, photography has been used and misused to really insist on a particular kind of, of truth. And I'm, I'm doing major air quotes around that word. Um, and so I'm really interested in the storytellers, this idea or this question of the storytellers versus the story. Um, and so for the past seven or eight years, I've, I've been particularly interested in how race is sort of symbolized or how it plays out um, in space, uh, in public and private spaces, uh, which ultimately led me to ideas around, you know, who is who is making these spaces, who is making the domestic spaces and these civic and public park spaces and and landed on white women like me um, who are really promoting what stories are told and who is present in all of these spaces. Had you decided before you got to the luminary that you wanted there to be a showing of NWL here in St. Louis how did how did the St. Louis part of this come to be? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is a conversation and perhaps a kind of exhibition that ought to occur <laughs> anywhere. I mean, this is not something specific to St. Louis or Chicago, where I'm speaking to you from, but it's very much present in both of these cities. There's a long history across the U.S. Um, of... of white women's role in white supremacy. And I think too often, and I say this as a a Midwesterner, born and raised in Chicago, too often we think this is perhaps a Southern issue or someone else's issue. It's very much in my backyard here in Chicago. And so it was really important to me that this take place in the Midwest. St. Louis, um, was the perfect place to begin this conversation and and start to learn about how we might continue to 
to explore these questions and reconsider um, the messaging that's, that is everywhere in our country. When did you know that NWL, that it needed to be or become an exhibition all its own? That's a great question. And I think this is absolutely the result of conversations, really rich and sometimes hard conversations with the two curators of the show. So that's Stephanie Koch and Simon Wu. Um, So the Racial Imaginary Institute is this interdisciplinary collective that Simon Wu is a part of. Um, And they've, you know, had an ongoing sort of conversation around this idea of, of, of whiteness, of exploring whiteness in particular, um, as part of a, an art exhibition at the Luminary. Um, they reached out to me. We had some, some really great conversations. Um, and they offered me the space to, to explore this idea of nice white ladies, of, of white women, and the role that white women have, have always played in white supremacy. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, from the very beginning, it was... Um, it was a, an opportunity to, to try new things, to ask some hard questions, perhaps, or, or certainly some uncomfortable questions, um, and to really invite viewers to, to consider some of these things. Kelly, can you take us on kind of an oral tour of NWL? Can you describe for our listeners what they might see as they walk around the luminary to view your work? Absolutely. Uh, the Luminary is a, is a very large um, art space. So you walk into the front doors. There are large um, floor-to-ceiling windows that sort of open up on the front half of the exhibition, which features a site-specific installation, uh, stacks of large neoclassical urn planters, uh, suspended or going from ceiling to floor, a cluster of these that start to kind of resemble um, columns, white Grecian columns that are found in both domestic and civic and um, cultural spaces. Um, there are a number of black and white photographs on either side of these columns. Um, and as you continue back through the space, there a number of different uh, bodies of work that all address questions around race, specific to white women, um, but also photography. There's a lot to do with the history of photography, the language of photography. You'll see um, dodging tools. These are um, tools that are used in the traditional black and white darkroom, used to manipulate uh, a print, They're featured in the front half of the exhibition. You'll see images that I've collected from uh, magazines and catalogs that I've scanned and enlarged um, to very large sizes. Some prints are nearly six feet tall. In the back of the space, as you turn the corner, you'll enter Gallery B um, that features all black and white photographs. Um, These are images for the most part, that I I have made at night, um, photographing racist objects that are in domestic spaces. I'm I'm 
sometimes crawling into private spaces, trespassing to cover up objects in front, on the you know, side gardens and in the fronts of homes, and then photograph. And you'll also see some collected images of monuments across the Midwest, including St. Louis, that I've um, edited and featured on a, a, a back wall that is painted black. So there's a lot. There are both color and black and white images, um, but also some, some objects as part of the, the show. In your description, you were talking about that dodging tool component. Yeah. Uh, one of the visitors to the exhibition was Rachel Anders, and she is a community member. Rachel talked about the parallels that she sees between her work in nonprofit fundraising and the dodging tool installation. Here is what Rachel shared with producer Avery Rogers. In these photographs, she has black and white photographs of cultural or historic monuments or displays, and then they're covered by big white blocks. This installation especially unlocked for me. I work in philanthropy, so a lot of our cultural institutions are made possible through this very old-fashioned world of fundraising and whiteness and power. So to have these like big blocks over these public images, I think makes explicit what it, the powered structures that are normally sort of behind the scenes. I think it's really cool. So those observations by Rachel Anders, who went to go see your exhibition, Kelly, do Rachel's observations about Dodging Tool align with what you are hoping to evoke or even provoke with NWL as a whole? Absolutely. I mean, these Dodging Tools reference the tools used in the darkroom. Um, you know, I'm, I'm misusing these tools by taking them out onto the landscape, holding them in front of um, contested monuments and, and civic spaces. But these, these cut pieces of cardboard are white. They're colored white. Um, and I want that to certainly reference these white spaces, these spaces that for so long, forever, have been promoted and protected um, by white folks and by white women in particular. I mean, I think we often like to, to make white supremacy this testosterone-fueled, like, masculine expression, but it's, it's absolutely um, just as likely to, to wear heels, you know? It's, it's very much... Um, a white part of white women's history and power and privilege. And we do this in a number of different ways. We are talking with Chicago-based artist Kelly Kristen Jones, whose exhibition NWL, an acronym for Nice White Ladies, is up now through December 10th at the Luminary. Kelly, what are some of the, the ways that people might be upholding white supremacy without even realizing what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, white women certainly benefit um, from white supremacy. We have this kind of dual status, right? Um, We benefit, but we're also victims. Um, And so it's this very, it's a complicated conversation. Um, I'm not necessarily offering up answers or solutions. My hope with this show is to have more conversations with folks like Rachel. I appreciate, you know, um, a larger community-based conversation. I think whiteness is often this, this kind of unquestioned or 
even unobserved power. And so my hope is to join with other, with, with other artists and poets, neighbors, writers, um, to, to make visible this really dangerous ideology and power that has been very strategically, you know, very intentionally positioned as, as neutral or as default. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, because my background is in photography, I'm looking at print media, I'm looking at ad images. I'm, there's one piece in the show um, that it's called um, True Match. It's a very large-scale print made from a scan of a makeup foundation sampler swatch that I received in the, in the mail. This swatch sort of offered up this idea that there are 10 sort of shades of skin tone, and from these 10, all very pale, I might add, you will find your own true match, your perfect skin tone match. I mean, this is, this is a way, perhaps subtle, that um, this idea of paleness as beauty, Eurocentric attributes as being beautiful, as being the goal, I mean, this is promoting white supremacy all around. The images in you know, home decor catalogs that reference these Greco-Roman sorts of decor items. I mean, that too promotes a very specific kind of story, a very specific kind of aesthetic that has deep roots, at least in this country and how it's used here, in, in white supremacy. And so it's all around. So, so the show is really sort of scratching at a lot of the different ways that, that whiteness, white supremacy um, surrounds us and really overwhelms so much of what we see and where we walk and where we work um, and how we're educated. And my hope is that, you know, in the mix, um, sort of being hit on all sides, we might begin to kind of reassess, uh, reassess our culture and our, and our spaces, both public and private. Mm-hmm. And how has reception been for nice white ladies and WL, um, not not just here in St. Louis, but elsewhere. You know, I think it's it's sometimes a scary thing to to talk about race um, in an art space. I've I've had really great reception from a lot of folks. Um, I think there's been a little bit of hesitation, you know, on at the outset, but. Um, but once folks have the courage to kind of dig in and, and talk about it with me, with the curators, with the wonderful staff at the Luminary, it's resulted in some, some really great, really honest conversation. So I'm really thankful for it. Um, the other really wonderful thing that the Luminary has offered is, you know, the space also holds a bookshop called Know How. And they have a selection of books, anti-racist books, that I've used throughout kind of the the creation of this exhibition. Um, And so people have really responded well to that as another way to kind of dig in and think about some of these questions, um, even outside of the gallery space and even beyond this exhibition run. As an artist, is there something in particular that you would like to say to young and emerging artists who similarly want to scratch maybe in some of the ways that you have and perhaps in ways that you might not be positioned to do? 
I think it's really important to create community, trusted community within which you can be really vulnerable. Um, I've been so lucky to have Stephanie, one of the curators of the show, as, as part of a close group of people um, who are willing to talk about this with me. Um, and so finding folks to, you know, to offer up real critique of your work, um, offer up honest response has been critical to not only my art practice, but my own, you know, kind of education as, um, as someone who, who might sometimes, you know, be accused of being a nice white lady. So yeah, it's really important to continue to make the work, continue to push, but also continue to find folks that, you know, you can have real conversation with around all these things. Mm -hmm. They're hard things. They're complicated. It's murky. Um, but, but having some, you know, having a trusted few has been really important for me. When it comes to the way that the exhibition is going to wrap, it is closing on December 10th, and you will be having a conversation with the, the Luminaries Interim Executive Director, whom you've mentioned, Stephanie Koch. What is it that uh, you hope to see happen with that um, that makes it something more than just sort of a... Um, a typical bookend to an exhibition? I appreciate that. I appreciate that question. Um, you know, I, I consider what I'm doing to be a, a feminist revisionist action. And my hope, ultimately, for the resulting photographs or objects or exhibitions is that they might allow place for other stories, for other histories. Um, my hope for this artist talk uh, is that even this time together at the Luminary might offer up a kind of space for other ways of telling and other kinds of looking. Um, I've, I wholly recognize that I have my own very privileged and particular kind of viewpoint. Um, and so I just hope this is a jumping off point for more uh, and other ways. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. Um, we've, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate your time. Today's episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dore. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.